The Rams have restructured Cooper Cup's contract to free up some cap space. How will the Rams use that newfound cap space? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your two-time Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you want to see the video version of the show, join the party over on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. If you want to support the channel, hit that like button, and also let us know. How do you want to see the Rams use their newfound cap space? Let us know. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Travis Rogers. Of course, Travis is the Rams pre-half and post-game show host. He's the Cooper Cup to my Puka Nakua. You can follow Travis at Travis Rogers. Trav, we got some news to get into, some actual contract stuff. You ready to get into it, man? Let's do it. Always happy to talk about my man, Cooper Cup. Yeah, so it was right early this morning. I got a show planned out for us, and all of a sudden, boom, anytime we got some real news, like I said, I was like Ghostbusters going down the pole. We got one. Yeah. That's the real news to get into. According to Field Yates of ESPN, they converted $13.92 million of Cooper Cup's salary into a signing bonus, which freed up $10.4 million yep. against the cap this year. A very common restructure. It lowers Cup's cap hip in 2023, but pushes money out to future years by prorating the signing bonus over the rest of his contract, which runs through the 2026 season. The Rams had just $1.3 million in cap space before this move. But Trav, first, what is your reaction to Cubs restructured deal? Well, I think you said it, DMAC. I think that this is something that happens in the NFL a lot, right? This is a restructure that is much more about giving them some maneuverability than it is anything about one particular player coming in. And are, are they getting rid of this money so they can bring in this player? They're bringing in the money so they can bring in that player. It's so they have some money, right? It's just so they could look, they can, I know we talked about Dalvin cook, the everydayers know that we talked about him yesterday. There are some other players out there that Deandre Hopkins, name is still floating around out there. But they still have to sign all the guys they just drafted. Those guys aren't going to play for free. you got to find a way to pay those guys as well. So this is basically like you and I moving money from one account to another so we can pay our electric bill and make sure that our health insurance gets paid. It's just the NFL equivalent of that. But it does give them a little flexibility moving forward. Yeah, exactly. So that Kevin Hart bid, I just moved some money from my checkings to my savings, try to move some things around. But the reality is they have some bills to pay and they still have to pay their rookie class. We saw the deal they did with Steve Avila. They've basically signed four of those guys so far, but it's going to require about seven to 10 million to sign those guys. And that would pretty much leave them with anywhere from two to five million. So yes, there is some wiggle room. I think more so this is to give them breathing space on the same token, though. This is the Rams. This is the Los Angeles Rams team that's 
still has three of the best players in the league. You still have Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Donald. There are some very interesting free agents out there, and DeAndre Hopkins. You yep. got Yannick and Gakwe. That's a name that I'm looking at. Yannick and Gakwe, a possible veteran edge rusher. Chase Young still out there. Dalvin Cook, we did a show on him. Hunter Renfro, Zeke, Leonard Fournette. Do you think they could get enticed to any of these shiny toys that could be available? I, I think this goes back to something we've been talking about uh, all week, which is what's the price? Do do they want some of those guys? Sure, but they want them at their price. I think that's what this is about, that they can go in and instead of buying one thing for a lot, maybe they can get a couple of things for a little. They, they need all the things that you mentioned. You need edge rush. You need help in the secondary. You need help, arguably, in, in the backfield behind Cam Akers. There's a lot of things that they need to get done. But I keep, I, I'm going to say it again. I know that probably our everydayers are getting a, a little tired of hearing me say this, but the fact of the matter is they've had lots of time to sign guys, and they just haven't. I think that if they were dying to get some of these guys in, they would have moved a, a, a little bit quicker on it. I think the other part of this that is is interesting as well is this makes it a little bit more challenging for them to be maneuverable with Cooper Cup specifically further down the line. You mentioned that his contract comes up in 2026. If they were interested in getting out of the Cooper Cup, or Co Cooper Cup business, easy for me to say, prior to that, this makes this more challenging. This brings on more dead money for them. This makes it harder to cut him. This makes it harder to trade him. Now, that's not something they want to do today, but it might be something they want to do in the middle of this season, at the end of the season, in the middle of next season. And now that becomes a little more uh, difficult to navigate with this deal, with the restructure. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. The restructure does not equal pay cut. Rather, the Rams, right. they'll convert Cup's salary dollars into bonuses, and that spreads the cap hit over the remaining years of the deal. So like you said, it basically ensures he's going to be here for 2024 and beyond. So if there was any thought, hey, maybe they go to a down-to-the-studs rebuild, maybe they blow this thing up, and they try to get draft picks and anything they can for some of their superstars, that most likely isn't going to happen. You're not going to see that. So I definitely think there's a couple different ways you can look at it from that standpoint. Standpoint. Also, too, under the new CBA, the excess cap, it rolls over into the following year. So this isn't a use it or lose it type situation for the Rams. They can't apply for next season. So it still makes sense as far as the direction they are going. And also, too, you never know who's going to be available yes. when you got those first round of cuts. I mean, just look at Dalvin Cook. It means you're talking about a four-time Pro Bowl running back that's a cap casualty. I just think at the end of the day, you're probably looking at a situation where it gives them breathing room during the year from week to week signings. You got to right. pay those rookies. And really, there's probably not a big swing that they're going to take with That's this it. money. Yeah, no, it, it's it's flexibility. L look at what they've done since the end of last season. Last season ends. Since then, every move they've made and put this one in that bucket as well has been to give them the ability to do multiple things. Right. It's not just to we're going to collect money to sign player X. It's Hey, let's have some money to spend if something comes up that we need. If we don't need it, we won't spend it. But we have it if we need it. That's what this does. Every move they've made, whether it comes from you know trading players, releasing players, some of the players that they've drafted, some of the players that they haven't gone after, it's been to increase flexibility, and this is another brick in that wall. Yeah, no, absolutely 100%. I do think, though, the fact that, of course, Cooper Cup, we know he's the ultimate team player. Of course, we know that he's on board. We also know that the cap isn't real. The cap is like the 2017 Astros World Series ring. It isn't real, right? It's Fugazi. You can manipulate it. Looking for a trash can to smack. Didn't, You're going to bang that trash can right there. Yeah, they don't have a trash can in the room with me. I wish I did. I'd start banging on it right now. Stealing the signs. Yeah, hey, man. But look, the reality of this situation, though, I think, too, 
For me, I mean, I do think if they believed in this team and there were some names that were available, the Rams are an attractive destination. You yeah. always have to remember that. And this is the same organization that went out there and they got OBJ, Allen Robinson. I think if you were looking for a 10-win team, we know that the 7-10 and 10 is the nightmare. We've established that 100%. But if you have DeAndre Hopkins, if you have some more weapons, you still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Hopefully this offensive line, which the experts don't love right now. PFF has them as a bottom five, but still... Yeah, there's kind of an unknown quantity with all the young talent across that offensive line. If they are able to score a lot of points and you add a big weapon, maybe you could look at this as, say, we go out there and spend. But for me, it's not as much money as you expect. It's almost like when you were a kid and your mom gave you $5 for the Scholastic Book Fair. You thought you were a millionaire, but really you didn't have that much money, right? You got a poster and a coloring book, and then that was it. You were, you were done. You're like, wait, I thought I could get everything I wanted. No, you get two things, and you come back. Yeah. Like, Cooper Cup's going to be here for a while. He, he's not going anywhere. This is a, this is a, an accounting move more than anything else. Uh, Cooper Cup's, if he's not the most popular player in a Rams uniform, he's very close to the top. He's going to be here for a while. Absolutely. Yeah, man. They needed cap dollars from somewhere for a variety of different reasons. Cup made the most sense. I like a veteran edge and O-line, a cornerback possibly, but most likely most of this money is going to the rookies. But coming up, the man who pays these guys, the guy who signs their checks, Mr. Stan Kroenke. No, is no he the best owner in sports? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, before we do that, DMAC, let's talk about our pals at FanDuel because you're going to want to make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to, check this out, $2,500. You heard me right, $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Here's the great news. Go over to FanDuel right now. Put that app on your phone and check it out because there are great promotions every single day. There is absolutely something there that's going to take you away and think, you know what, I got to get in on that one right now. You can rest assured knowing that everything is safe and secure inside the app, and when you hit it, you get paid instantly. There is absolutely no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. And of course, you got playoffs always happening in something along the way. You got Major League Baseball. You got the U.S. Open right here in L.A. getting going. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. We also have the video version available over on YouTube. So join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. And we would know from you, how do you think the Rams should use their newfound cap space? Let us know. But Mr. Travis, in our next segment here, we're talking about Stan Kroenke. I know we talked wow. a little bit about Kroenke, but I saw this debate on Twitter. People are saying, is he the GOAT owner? Is he the best owner in sports? And we know the success that he's had lately. I mean, he's added a Vince, a Larry, a Stanley within two years. He's basically adding the sports championship infinity stones on his <laughs> hand right there. I'd so love to see that. I'd love to see Kroenke come out with the glove and just start snapping the Stanley Cup and snap the Larry Brian, yes, we got Stanley Cup, the Super Bowl, the NBA championship. He's a pretty rich guy. If he wanted to make one of those, he absolutely could, and I would fully support that. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, this is the thing. Look, I mean, we know how much success he's had as an owner. If there are any Arsenal fans watching this show, please be nice in the comments section. (laughs) I will say that the Gunners aren't very high on him. I think it's changed the last couple of years. But if you look at this Super Bowl hot streak that he's on, I mean, wins the Super Bowl, of course, the Rams Super Bowl 56 in February 2022. Then the Mammoth, they beat the Buffalo Bandits on June 18, 2022, a lacrosse team. Are you familiar with lacrosse? You're a big lacrosse guy, Travis. I know that Jim Brown played lacrosse. That's the extent of my lacrosse knowledge. I know that as good as he was at football, he might have been better at lacrosse. Full stop. I'm done with my lacrosse information. Bro, I really think we might be in a mind meld at this point because literally the only note I have is that it says lacrosse was Jim Brown's favorite sport and he even liked it more than football. So there's that. But hey, a championship's a championship. Hey, right, right, sure. And then, of course, they win the Stanley Cup, of course, over the Tampa Bay Lightning with the Colorado Avalanche back in June of 22. The Nuggets win the title. The Los yep. Angeles Gorillas, an eSports team, they win a title in the industry sure. 2022 Call of Duty League. I don't know if he's trying to sign Kyler Murray for that, but, yeah, I mean. <laughs> First round draft in eSports. The Oakland A's. The Arizona Cardinals and whatever that esports team you need. Kyler Murray, first rounder in all three sports. That's terrific. Oh, man. I, yeah, man. Kyler Murray, man. That, that A's protest was wild last night, by the way. I will say <laughs> that. that. Like, yeah, that was by the A's, man. They would probably love that. Yeah. No, look, he has been exactly what you hope from your owner. I, I've talked about this on my talk show, I've talked about this on, on the podcast. It is the single most important thing about your organization other than having good players, right? That you got to have good players. You can have the best owner in the world. If your players are below standard, it's not going to make a huge difference. But the odds of you having a great owner and having players below standard for a long period of time are not good. He is exactly what you want, which is wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. Maybe it's not Steve Ballmer wealth, but you're talking about somebody that can basically do whatever they want economically. He built SoFi Stadium out of money of his own pocket, so that just tells you what that is. He is somebody that does not seem to be tied up in his own ego when it comes to this stuff. You don't hear Stan Kroenke quoted a bunch. You don't hear him throwing grenades from you know the owner suite. This isn't a Daniel Snyder, Jerry Jones situation, somebody that's constantly involved and public about it. And he's patient. I, I, I think a great example of this is what we just saw with the Nuggets, right? That Michael Malone had been there a very long time. Jokic had been there a while. Jamal Murray had been there a while. There were plenty of opportunities to say, okay, this doesn't work. Let's go in a new direction. Look at the Lakers, right? They kind of changed tack every other season. The Nuggets were very patient, and they go through it. And I think that there's even an, a, an element of patience here with the Rams that you know, when they came here, Jeff Fisher, they was only lasted a season. They got rid of him, but he'd been there a long time. Remember the whole, we're not going to do any of this, you know, eight and eight BS that he said, he's willing to let things bake and cook. He's patient. He's rich. He's willing to give you a great fan experience. What else could you want from an owner? And Oh, by the way, they're just stacking championships. It's the ultimate ownership experience. Yeah, no, I think that that's the greatest word that you could use to describe Stan Kroenke is the patience. I mean, he takes over the St. Louis Rams. They don't have success in those first six years. And, of course, he ends up moving the team. This is a guy from Missouri, right? This is a guy yeah. that's from that region. He moves him to L.A. We know that he's not very popular in St. Louis. The three biggest sports in St. Louis are the Cardinals, the Blues, and hating Stan Kroenke pretty much, <laughs> right? But still, 
I mean, the vision that he had, and I also think, too, it's so refreshing. You bring up Jerry Jones, and that's who I really always compare owners to, right? Jerry yep. Jones, he's the guy that he's always meddling. He's always around. And with Stan Kroenke, he trusts it. He did, yeah. He absolutely says, hey, I'm going to hire the best players in the game. I'm going to hire Sean McVay. I'm going to hire Les Snead. We're going to get the best in the business, and I'm going to get the bleep out of the way, right? I'm going to let them that's cook. That, that, that's exactly it. I'm going to use a slightly different guy because I think this, this is – there, there's more ways to do it the right way, but they all have one thing in common, and that's what you just said. Stan Kroenke, I think if you took three guys and put them in a lineup, I don't know if the average Ram fan could pick Stan Kroenke out of it. He's very, very private. Now, he's not a recluse. He shows, but it's not like he's front and center, but he stays out of the way, right? I want to go to the Lakers for a second when Dr. Buss was running the show there. He's courtside with women, and he's playing poker, and he's in Italy. He's the he's an he's the face of the team in a lot of ways. But what he did is he said, "Jerry West, you go do this. Pat Riley, you go do this. Mitch Kupchak, you go do this." He was very good at empowering the people that he believed were the right person to do it, and he'd let them make the decisions. He was around, but as long as you're willing to spend the money, hire people that are good at their jobs, and then get the heck out of the way. If a big decision needs to get made, get in there, get involved in it, and that's what these guys have in common. And look, I I want to add one other thing in this. Anybody that's been to SoFi Stadium knows what I'm talking about. The fan experience is second to none. It is just the, the stadium is incredible. They spend money on players, so you get to have a good time. That it's not just, hey, we're going to win, we're going to do it. It's, it's every single aspect of the experience as a Rams fan, and I can only speak to that. I'm not an Avs fan. I'm not a Denver Nuggets fan, but I would imagine they're similar. What more could you ask for? Yeah, no, I want to spawn a couple of those points. Starting with SoFi, it is the Taj Mahal of yeah. sports, and he bankrolled it himself. I mean, that's what's really nice. what, what stands out to me. And I also look at the fact that you're talking about $2.5 billion over budget. He's like, yeah. I got this. It's like when you go out with your friends to a restaurant and you all kind of feel the bill coming. You're like, all right, man, am I going to get this? And <laughs> everyone's like, hey, where's the bill? And it's like, it's already been paid for. Yeah, Kroenke is that guy. He already pays for the bill in advance. And also want to talk about your Lakers points. I mean, only comparison I could think of Jack can cook. Of course, you won the championship with the Lakers. You won the three Super Bowls with the franchise now known as the Washington Commanders. And I think you look at this team now and you talk about Jerry Buzz. Yeah, Jerry Buzz, he was front facing. He was a celebrity in his own right. Of course, he brought up the whole he was so innovative with the halftime experience, the Laker girls having celebrities at the game. But the one common thread, the one similarity I see between those two is they both wanted stars. They both yeah. knew they needed stars in Los Angeles. One story comes to mind with Stan Kroenke, and maybe you can elaborate on this about the, how this whole process went down, is when they found out Stafford was going to be available, Kroenke was going out of town, and they called him on the tarmac, and he's like, get it done, do it, boom. And they when they traded him, he trusted Snead and McVay, that's and it. he trusted their vision. That That's it. He trusted the people that he'd put in a position to make these decisions. It was, if Les Snead or Sean McVay calls him and says, hey, I think we got a chance to get Matthew Stafford, it's not, well, let me think, what does that mean? Let me think, if, if you like it, I love it. You know, that's the kind of boss that you want. If you go to him and say, I think this is going to help us, they, well, if you think so, then let's go get it done. Now, there's a lot of responsibility that comes along with that. You better be right a heck of a lot more often than you're wrong, but McVeigh has been right a lot more than he's been wrong. Uh, Sneed has been right a lot more than he's been wrong. It, uh, it It's a great partnership, and as I, I'm the biggest Sean McVeigh fan in the world. I think that he's probably the second most important person in that building, but number one is Stan Kroenke by, by a pretty significant gap. 
Yeah, and I think I speak for both of us when I say, hey, as Dodgers fans, don't buy the Rockies if they become available. We don't no, want to see that please. in the division, right? We want to see you there. And also, when you look at the American sports team, we are next in the rotation. Of course, you take out Arsenal. We're the next in the rotation. Where that's the Super Bowl next year, this year, who knows? But coming up in our final segment, we got some news on the Rams' alternate uniform. They're not rolling out this year, but what will it look like when it does? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. Welcome back to Locked on Rams. Thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And also a special shout-out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you, and you can be an everyday listener too. Just tune in every day. Listen to the current episodes. Go binge, listen. The, all the episodes from back in 2016, like I did when I started doing this show, went back to the archives. No, but uh, look, Travis, last segment, we're going to continue on on the uniform talk. We're not going to talk about the current ones. We're going to talk about a possible alternate in the future because okay. Demoff, he talked about the idea of, hey, we're going to roll out a new alternate uniform. And because of the supply chain, because of the issues, they decide not to roll it out. But first question I want to ask is, is there any possibility of too many uniforms? I mean, are you in fear of them becoming the Oregon Ducks of the NFL? Yeah, <laughs> well, Look, if that's their thing, like, oh, for, and I like that you picked Oregon. Oregon's thing is they never wear the same thing twice, right? That, that that's and and that's fine if that's your thing. The other side of that is USC and Notre Dame have two uniforms and they just run them year after year after year after year. And the second you turn the TV, you're like, that's SC, that's Notre Dame. You know exactly what it is. Uh, you can't be halfway in the middle, right? You can't be the one that has a uniform that you wear most of the time, but then there's this whole other thing going on. I love uniforms. I love alternate uniforms. I like when you start messing around with helmets and things like that. I think it's a cool thing. I know that there's a ton of marketing opportunities that come along with additional jerseys and special events and all those things. I'm here for it. I, I, I You can't have too many uniforms in my world, and especially since the Rams went away from the, the more classic helmet that they've had for the last you know, 40, 50 years and something that's a little more stylized, something that's a little more uh, modern. Once they decided that they can do that, I think you can do anything right now. Yeah, I think you really have to see the direction they want to go. Do they want to be Oregon of the NFL? They have mentioned that in the past. So we know they have so many different combinations, and that really is what Oregon is known for. But I think the fact that they have gone this route with different combinations, especially when you can mix and match the top and the shorts, I definitely think that you definitely could go this route. Now, when it comes to the possible alternates, I think there's some in play right now. And I think one, reading the tea leaves here, and I still saw the modern throwback, right? And that is the most popular Rams uniform. Of course, they won Super Bowl 56 in it. I think it's mm -hmm. clean. You get the combination of the classic look mixed with the modernization of it. I think they'll probably go that route. And yesterday, we were speaking very highly of the Fearsome Foursome uniform. What are your thoughts on a potential modernized version of the Fearsome Foursome jersey? Love it. Absolutely love it. I think that that would be amazing. I just, I can close my eyes and picture Deacon Jones in the, the more stylized, you know, modernized version of that Rams horn helmet. I, I, I love it. I, the, when the Rams came out with these new uniforms a couple of years ago, I'm like, eh, they, they, they really changed the helmet like that. It not only was a classic design, but it may have been the very best helmet that there is that they changed that I thought was a bold decision. It's really grown on me. I like it a lot. I think we kind of want to run it back the other way and kind of put that modern helmet in a more older design. I think it'd be fantastic. 
I agree. I think it would look clean. It's pretty much my top choice at this point. An all-white throwback alternate. Like you mentioned, the fearsome foursome. Imagine Aaron Donald dominating. Like yeah. we saw Deacon Jones dominating in that uniform. Of course, for me, highlights. But still, I mean, I think it would look great. Also think, too, though, when you look at the colors, might be a little Colts vibe there with the blue yeah. and white. So I'm thinking, what about the all soul, the all yellow? Is that too much? Does it look like a highlighter that's kind of bleeding all over the uniform? A little bit like uniforms. I don't, like that? I don't like the monochromatic thing, right? I don't need I don't need my football team to look like Regis Philbin from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire from the late nineties. <laughs> I, I I need I need some sort of I need a two color palette uniform, whether that's blue and yellow, whether that's white and blue, whether it's blue and yellow, whatever it may be. But I do need two things on there. One color palette down the line is not my choice. All right. So that's your final answer. No on the gold. I also <laughs> too, think of Andrew Whitworth during when he was mic'd up during that Chiefs Rams Monday night football game, 54 to 51, when he was saying that he looked like a damn banana, like, he looked like a giant damn banana. They don't want to look like giant damn bananas. Okay. No, so no, I get you on that, but I will say I have warmed up to the idea of a possible all black alternate. I know that some people aren't in on the black. I know some people think it's a little gratuitous because so many teams have that. I mean, the list goes on and on the Eagles, the Cardinals. I mean, there's so many teams that have had a black uniform. Any interest in a black Rams uniform, Trav? No. That's a simple <laughs> no, the, look, the Raiders are black next. I, you know what I mean? Like the, the very last thing, especially in LA, especially look, let's just be honest. Raiders, pretty popular here in Los Angeles. I don't think you want to cross the streams. Second Ghostbusters reference on the show so far today. But I, I, I don't think you want to do it. Black is not the Rams color. That's the Raiders lane, and I would stay away from it. Fair point. I will say, too, you got the black and gold, and I don't want to be looking like a bumblebee out there. Of course, the yeah. Steelers look like the bumblebee man from the Simpsons for so many years with I, that I, I, uniform. So, exactly. So I think there's that. But I also think, too, I mean, I'm visualizing. I'm trying to sell you on this idea. I think there's enough blue in soul there, royal blue in the soul, that you can make it pop where it's not just black and yellow or black and blue. I think you can mix it up also, too. I think black sales. And I think they're looking at, hey, how do you sell the most jerseys? They already have a white jersey that they sell a ton of. And are you really going to go with the throwback of there? I'm not so sure. I think black could be a possibility, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're going to have break out a new alternate. It's going to be fire no matter what it is, I'm sure. But I think I'm with you too. Out on the soul and on the white modern throwback, yeah. I'm definitely starting to buy into the idea of a black one. But let us know what kind of Rams alternate do you want to see when they roll it out? Let us know. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And of course, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him at Travis Rogers, recently named the People's Champ by ESPN 710 LA. Congratulations once again, T. Raj. But let us know down below. And until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams House?